Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Attention Engineer. I'm Laura Kidd, a Bristol-based music producer, songwriter and independent solo artist making music as Penfriend. Find me around the internet at Penfriend Rocks. In this noisy world, the gift of someone's attention is priceless. Join me on my mission to go deeper, past the headlines and the hearsay to have the conversations I've always hoped for with some of the artists I admire the most. This podcast is supported by Arts Council England and the National Lottery and powered by the Correspondence Club. I'll be telling you more about that later. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast today. There are so many things you could be doing right now and I do not take it for granted that you've chosen to listen to this completely independent production. Thank you. In return, I'd love to give you a two-track taster of my upcoming album. All you have to do is visit my website and fill in the very quick form to get immediate access to debut pen friend single Everything Looks Normal in the Sunshine and a special mailing list only track called The Only Way Out Is Through. The link you need is penfriend.rocks. I'll wait while you write that down. Ready? Great. Onwards we go. Since I last spoke to you, I have been away. I left Bristol for the first time since I went to talk to Frank Turner in Aylesbury in March. As you all know full well, four months is a very long time to be in the same four walls, especially when, like me, you're used to zipping around all over the place playing shows all the time. I found I'd completely forgotten how to pack. I genuinely got stuck trying to work out what I needed to take with me for five nights away. And with everything that's going on, I started feeling pretty anxious about leaving familiar surroundings. My husband Tim and I were super careful. We booked an Airbnb, which was a beautiful shepherd's hut in its own private bit of field outside a tiny Welsh village. We took our own food with us and we stayed well away from other people. It was high time for a proper reset and it was a joy to be able to turn everything off read books, write letters to some friends, play board games, and just generally enjoy the fresh air. Now I'm back in the launch pad, I'm spending this week editing future podcast episodes featuring even more really great guests, and getting ahead of myself a little bit, so that next week and for the rest of August pretty much, I can spend all the hours in all the days finishing off the Pen Friend album. I can't wait to get stuck back into it. Now, speaking of touring, last year I got an exciting email from an American band inviting me out on tour with them around Europe and the UK. I knew I was due to be winding down my old music project, She Makes War, so it was perfect timing to head off on one last adventure in that guise before spending some time regrouping and launching Penfriend earlier this year. That band was Skating Polly. Skating Polly is an American rock band formed in Oklahoma City, playing their own inimitable brand of ugly pop. Founded by multi-instrumentalist step-siblings Kelly Mayo and Peyton Bighorse in 2009, the band later gained a third member, Curtis, their brother, who plays drums. A spectacular live force, Skating Polly have released five endlessly creative albums to date, collaborated with rock royalty and toured the world, leaving a trail of sweaty, open-mouthed onlookers in their wake. These words are true. I watched them play 14 shows in 15 days and they were always fantastic. Here we go. So I am in the Hare and Hounds in Birmingham with two-thirds of Skating Polly. 
Now, is that already wrong? Because I know Curtis is in the band. <laughs> is it? How do you consider? What What is skating poly to you? I know it is yeah, definitely all yeah. three of us. All three of us. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so I am here with two thirds of skating. <laughs> yeah. Two thirds of skating poly. Yes. Um, and actually, Kurt's really, really good at interviews. But um, I don't know. I I think it's cool to have. I, just this very film discussion. I like I it. So too. <laughs> so my first question really is because people, I hope there's a lot of people listening who don't know you. I hope there's a lot of people listening who do know you. But how would you introduce yourself to a stranger at a party? Um, so no, no one knows what you do. Oh, like our, <laughs> I would. <if> I, <laughs> yeah, Peyton just wouldn't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> if people like were like wondering about like our band and stuff, what we are, I would say that we are... A an ugly pop art rock band from Oklahoma City. <laughs> okay, and um, and then if they further and like you know, ask more questions beyond that, I guess it'd probably start going into like, yeah, we started when we were really young, and we didn't really ever like have musical lessons. We just kind of like played with instruments. We never really like learned how to play them, and. Uh, like the songwriting was always the focus for us. We both really just loved singing and singing along to songs. So it came really natural that we'd want to write songs. And mm-hmm. yeah, we played, we learned instruments to accompany that. And then I ended up playing a really weird three string bass. And we all, I think all three of us have, it's cool because we can all play each other's instruments, but we all have our own like unique styles on mm-hmm. on each of them. Like Peyton is such a sick drummer, and so is Curtis, but their styles are pretty wildly different. And even my drumming style is is pretty different than both of yours as well. Yeah. Like Kurt's, like whenever he joined the band, he went back and learned a lot of my drum parts, and he's actually improved quite a lot of them. But <laughs> but like they came really unnaturally to him. Like I think the, your drum beats came more naturally to him, and he was like, "Kelly, this makes no because you sense. write freak things. <laughs> <laughs> everything you 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 take an, you take like a crazy approach to everything." <laughs> Well, so how did you get started? So, Peyton, what was the first instrument you played, or did you sing first? Drums. Drums. I took about a couple months. How long was it? Yeah, barely. I, I just took a few months of drum lessons, and then I remember, like, we, we had recorded our, our first album, our demos, maybe. it was I think it was just demos, and I took it to my drum teacher because I was like, he's going to love this. He was like, you know, I could use a lot more drums. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, with drum lessons yeah, because yeah. I was like I like how it sounds I don't think it needs more drums I think drums would make it cluttered and weird and mm-hmm. boring and I was just like I don't want to take drum lessons anymore <laughs> was that your first experience with someone telling you how something should sound yeah probably I like your response to probably, that yeah <laughs> and so did you not play instruments before the band started so did skating poly start before you played any instruments um for me like there were always instruments in my house like for the longest time now, I think I kind of want to give myself credit and say I do play instruments. I can't, like, I'm not, I don't know music theory. I Half the time, I don't know what chord I'm playing or note I'm playing. I don't know octaves. I don't know anything like that. I can't read music, although I have been working on learning how to read uh, music for a piano. But um, I used to say, you know, like, yeah, like I can't play any instrument. I can just play with instruments. And that was like the case. Mm-hmm. Like there, there were always instruments in my house. Mm-hmm. So it was something I was always messing with. I was particularly drawn to keyboard and, uh, or piano. My grandma had a baby grand. That was really cool. Um, 
and base, <laughs> but my arms were so short. I could not like, like, like whenever, you know, I first started like playing music or like having an interest in it, I just literally couldn't even reach the end of a bass, a full scale bass. And so I just thought, well, that's out of the question. And I hated guitar. <laughs> I loathed it. I loved drums too. Like I only played drums because Peyton wrote really good songs. And like it was only fair because she wrote really good drum parts for my songs that I should play drum parts <laughs> on her songs. But like I hated drums at first. And then both of them, just with practice, I, I really started to appreciate. Um, and I, my main thing was singing. Yeah. I loved singing. <laughs> Skating Polly was a duo for quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah. How did that start? I mean, pretty much because, like I said, my parents were always really into music. Our whole family, big music fans. Kurt is a musical encyclopedia. He has been since he's been like six. It drives me crazy. I'm always living in his shadow of music knowledge. Um, like, I think, like, me and Curtis... And Peyton and our other brother, Joe, kind of teased the idea of, like, forming a band. Mm -hmm. I have a cousin, Gavin, who's also really musically inclined, that we'd, like, kind of tease the idea of forming a band. Like, we made a zombie movie together when we were little. We always knew that we were all going to do some big creative endeavor together. And we tried to start a band, all of us, and, like, the brothers wouldn't commit entirely. And then Peyton was like, screw you guys. I'm going to go start a band with my high school friends. And I was like, no, don't leave me. Start a band with me. I really remember it took me a while to convince you. You're like, no, Kelly, like, it's chill. Like, I have, I have a cool band. So, like, they're not going to write songs. I'm going to write songs. And then she gave me, like, a yellow light. And I, like, was like, boom, here's two songs. <laughs> Brilliant. But there were, like, two notes. But I was Still, ready. I was ready. They were songs. <laughs> More songs than I had. You followed with some songs shortly after that. I mean, yeah. at first it was just like we were like writing songs every day. Like before our first album came out, we <laughs> made a track listing of all of our songs. And we had 30. Wow. It was insane. Oh and so many of them were terrible. Like the song titles. Oh, God. Don't go over them. I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> some really bad songs. But, but some songs uh, lead you to the next song that's good, don't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because I feel that a lot of bands, I, well, I don't know if this is true, but I get the impression that a lot of bands, they just put, put albums together of songs they've finished so far. They don't write loads and then pick ones that stand together. Yeah. But it seems like you already, for your first record, you were doing that. You knew oh, that it wasn't just what's finished, that'll do. Yeah. No, we were like picking through to our favourites. And if there was a song that, we really liked, but didn't feel like it was completed. We'd be like, well, save it for the next one. It's <laughs> so great. But to be thinking in terms of albums, um, and I'm not talking about your actual age. I'm just talking about so so early in a band's career of playing together. That's yeah. pretty unusual. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that just came naturally, did it? Just going, we're going to we're going to make an album, and it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we were obviously really encouraged. Like, it's funny. The only reason our band ever got its first show was because my my dad and Peyton's mom were going to, like, just do some, like, songs together, actually, like, in the house on this 24-track recorder. And we had this local engineer come over and, like, showed, um, like, was, like, helping us, like, learn some tricks on it and, like, showed us his mic. And, like, he was kind of, like, I think he was selling us a mic or demoing mics for us or something. We ended up buying a mic from him. But I was like, hey, can we test the mic? Like, can Skating Polly do a song, to like, to test? And... He was really impressed by it, and I was so ready for that. I had, like, <laughs> business cards, quote-unquote business cards. They were 
index cards with like our MySpace written on them um, and crayon. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> and we like, and he like, and within a month or two months, we got our first local show. And I mean, we'd already been like writing songs, like playing like show, like mandatory shows for our family for several months. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool. And I don't know. I think my dad and our parents just really believed in us. And like, we're like, no, no, I don't see why you guys can't be a real band. Like they weren't like, they were coming to the shows when I was nine and Peyton was 14. That's for damn sure. But like, they didn't think of us as a kid band. Like they were yeah. like, that's so great. Yeah, you should be playing with these local bands because you guys write good songs. That's wonderful. You have that support. So helpful, isn't it? But so now you've done, you've done five albums. You've released five albums. So at what point did, well, it sounds like maybe it was early on, but I was wondering what, at what point does it become really natural to go, well, what's the next album going to be? Because for me, I knew I wanted to make an album. It was a really big deal. Then I did one and then I thought, oh, I suppose I do another one. And then at this point, I'm just like, yeah, it's all about the next album all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, how's it been for you with that? I think we were thinking pretty far ahead in terms of albums pretty much from the get-go. Like, on the first record, we were like, okay, we'll also do this for the second record. Like, we picked out a name for the second record, which didn't end up being the name, but (laughs) we did. And we're like, and for the third record, we can do this kind of stuff and this and this and that. And we were just really, (laughs) we were always planning on making a bunch. We were planning our 10th anniversary show 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, (laughs) and it's coming up now, and that's insane. But I remember when we were like, Dude, by the time we're 19 and 24, we're going to have <laughs> our 10th anniversary show. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you're kind of always writing. And even if even if you don't have, like, a completely fresh new song, I feel like there is so much spare parts left all over whenever you're a musician. Like, mm-hmm. you're constantly, like, just saving little bits and mm-hmm. kind of throwing them on the back burner. That If you're dedicated, you can always kind of cook up new songs. I mean, sometimes it's hard and sometimes you really have to like push through and sometimes, I don't know, for us at least, I feel like if it's been long enough <laughs> and like, it's like, oh shit, it's time for another album, then we can, we can write an album. Yeah. Sure. I definitely panic and I'm like, yeah. we're not going to have enough time to write the album. Oh God, it's not going to be able to do the last album because we don't, haven't had enough time. But then I always love it more than the last <laughs> one. And it comes, yeah, it comes together. Totally. Well, I'm excited for your sixth album. Is that underway? Or is that something you're going to do when you get home? Lots yeah. of spare bits. Mm. Peyton has three, like really three. two. I can't. I don't know. I don't. I think I only. Have I've one. heard. I've heard bits of three that I really like. But is it three different bits of the same? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe they've all congealed into one song right now. But I don't know. I um, we have little bits and pieces of different stuff. Yeah, that we've been working on, and it's all really different. Like I don't know. Peyton's been. We became really obsessed with Phoebe Bridgers mm. over the last uh, well, couple of years. Well, her solo album. Yeah. That's an incredible that album. That first record. Straight oh, my God. And for me, Mitski. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess a bunch of things. But uh, Peyton's been writing these songs that really remind me of Phoebe Bridgers. But, like, with Peyton's take and Peyton's own voice and stuff. And yeah. They're really next level and cool. And uh, I was in L.A. for a big chunk of the last year, like, uh, doing cognitive therapy lessons with one of my friend friends who has MS. And so I would do like piano lessons for cognitive therapy pretty much twice a week. 
And so that was getting my brain to think like, oh, I'm learning covers. And that's also why I started like teaching myself how to read music. I was mm -hmm. like, this is a fun project for me. It's like a homework assignment every week. This is cool. And I love piano. It was the first instrument I was drawn to. So I've started writing all these like long piano songs and really pushing my limits with piano, which is cool because the last record only had one piano song. Mm -hmm. How does a skating poly song come into being? Do you write individually and bring it together to finish it? Or do you finish uh, songs each other? It, it's kind of different for every song, mm -hmm. but uh, especially on the last record, it was all really collaborative. We, we worked together for every single song pretty much. Maybe not from the very beginning. Like maybe mm -hmm. one of us would come up with like a, a skeleton and bring it along, but it was just totally collaborative. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be even more that way this, for the next one. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so great about having three individuals, isn't it? With all of your musical, individual musical history and then bringing it together. And with the bond that you have, not only from being siblings, but being having been in the band for 10 years. Yeah. Because I'm so impressed by bands who keep going. Because you can be a really impressive band and do a cool first album, but I think the test is to keep making records and keep making it work. Yeah. It's hard to keep making it work. I'm really glad that Kurt joined when he did mm -hmm. because I kind of felt like we were hitting this wall where like our musicianship and like our musical capabilities were improving, but with just two people, like, and after we'd written with Nina and Louise, like mm. that really like opened up my mind to next level. Cause like, yes, when we're recording, we can do like backup layers with ourselves and sure we can do a guitar solo on the record that we're never going to get to play live. But that's such a bummer. <laughs> you know, I it just, it was such a bummer. I, I wanted to, to hear those layers and, Having the three parts really opened up the songwriting and, and just it was this fun new challenge. And I think that's what keeps us going is we always are just like trying different things. Like sometimes it drives me crazy and sometimes it makes me just like want to quit and stay in, in bed all day. It's like because I'm like, what's my next thing I'm going to try? I can't try anything better than that last thing. I guess I should just give up. But, you know, like, but also that is what keeps it fresh and good. Like you can never... You can never try to write a song for your fans and you can never try to recreate something that went successful with your fans. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, those are like the two biggest things. So many people have told me that. Um, Xine from X has told me that. And I think it's it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I really do. And listening to your gut instincts on stuff too, like if you have a, a song that's really long and windy and weird bits in it and unconventional, but you love it then just go for it. Even if it doesn't make any sense on paper and even if everyone you play it for is like, this makes no fucking sense, <laughs> just go for it. Well, I think that just means you're playing it to the wrong people. It's going to stick with you longer and the longer, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just feel like if, if it's not coming from the heart, I mean, you need to go and tour this stuff. You need to love it so much. You need to be talking about it online and whatever, doing all of that stuff to try and get people to hear it. If it's not truly you, I just don't see how the energy for that would maintain. Yeah, You know, if I was writing songs I thought someone else wanted, I can't imagine for a minute I would like to keep playing them every night. No, totally. So I think it's brilliant that you do that. And you were just so yourselves at all times. I love it. Thank you. You've mentioned a few collaborators there. Yeah, yeah, Tell me yeah. about collaboration, because obviously you just talked about how the three of you collaborating on songs is, is, how, is the direction Skating Polly's going with your own albums, but you've been working with other people too, right? Yeah. What I love about collaborating is it's really similar to like like getting to know someone's writing style is really similar to just like getting to know someone's taste in music. And usually you also get to know that through them. And that's one of my favorite ways to get close to people is just like to kind of dive into their musical world. 
One time I met a person who was like, I don't really like music. I just actually spent all of last year not listening to music. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> really weirded out. I was really taken Ew. aback by that because I'm not going to say. Yeah. It. <laughs> I don't know if it was someone like we know. No, like, no. I don't know. But don't like, know. it's just, you know, because that is how I get close to people. So, yeah, like, obviously people's writing styles are very personal to them and it's... It's it's so revealing of their personality. It's like even if it doesn't work out, it's like such a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. We've done a few. We've we did a writing session. The first one we ever did was with a local musician, really amazing, like Americana, like folk songwriter. But she also does some more Mitski-ish stuff called Samantha Crane from Oklahoma. I love her. Uh, the second time we ever collaborated was yeah with Veruca Salt. It was mm-hmm. well with Nina and Louise from Veruca Salt. And we had no idea what it was going to be going into it. We had like two studio days booked. And it was like, you're just going to do a writing session. It was like at the studio where they just recorded everything as we like jammed kind of. And we didn't finish the song. We kind of had like a half-baked demo of Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. But we just kept texting about it. And like and it, we like the Samantha song never came out. I love that song we wrote together, but... It's so easy to overthink a collaboration too. Like, oh, mm. but if I just fix my part and oh, if yeah. we iron out the lyrics more, then you know. Also, that's a weird thing to just get in a room with someone and be like, what do we want to write about? Yeah. That's always the hard part that trips people up. I'm always like, let's not worry about the words. Let's just worry about the melody. And then I kind of like to write lyrics by myself ish and like run them past people and have mm-hmm. people edit me or vice versa, like edit other people's lyrics. I don't like to be like for every line. Now we can yeah. say hippopotamus. <laughs> now we can say, you know, like no. I, don't, I don't like to do that. Well, it's hard to get any kind of flow, I think. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, especially with someone you don't know. So even though, you know, Veruca Salt, that sits very well alongside above whatever around Skating Polly's world yeah. of music totally, it totally fits. But being that vulnerable with someone you don't know yet and like trying to trying to work with them, I can't imagine that that's easy. And that we were so starstruck by. Yeah. Like we met them the day before we went into the right. studio. We had this really nice dinner with them and they made us blush so much. They were so sweet. Like I had no idea what to expect. Like mm-hmm. I figured they'd be sweet. That's why they were doing the writing session with us and stuff. But like, I don't know, like, well, it was hard, but they were so cool about it, and they didn't make it hard. But, like, I was so scared at first to disagree with them on anything because they're fucking Veruca Sol. Yeah. But they didn't make it hard. Like, they were always, like, carving a space for both of our opinions and making sure that, like, like our voice was just as heard as theirs. And, and it was really cool because if it would have been, you know, if that would have gone any other way, I might really not like writing with other people. Yeah. And since then, I've actually met up with Louise a couple times, and like, I, maybe we'll write together again. We really want to. I, cool. I love the way both of them write. With Xine, mm-hmm. she's the most recent one. The first time we ever like collaborated, she produced Xine Stravinka from X. <laughs> she produced our second record, mm-hmm. Lost Wonderfuls, and then uh, sometime in 2016. After we'd gone on tour together, she sent me all these lyrics about this show, Queen for a Day, which we'd had a conversation about in a green room. And it was this awesome poem. And she was like, you can use these for whatever you want, if you want. And I was like, oh, of course I want to. You are one of my favorite lyricists in the world. Like so madly creative and original, but also like personal and gritty and just 
cool imagery. Like, I love her lyrics more than anyone's. So right then in the practice was when I got this text and we just like banged out the melody for Queen for a day. And then we went through and we made things more complicated. And uh, that was kind of a nerve wracking one because like, it was kind of like she wrote the words, we wrote the song. And then the very first show of our next tour with X was the first time I played that song. And I was like, I have no idea if she's gonna like it. <laughs> and she and she did, like, she watched from the side of the stage and I like looked over her afterwards and she like gave me this giant thumbs up and I was oh, like, wow. yes, okay, good. Awesome. Yeah. And so do you have a hit list of people you'd like to collaborate with? Because it sounds like you've been really intentional with like knowing what your future albums are gonna be and planning your 10th anniversary and all that stuff. Do you have a list? Um, Yeah, like, I mean, I, I it's a long list, though. There are so many people that if they just said, like, we should write together and we were actually in the same city mm-hmm. for, like, a good amount of time, of course I would do it. Yeah. Like, Kat Bielan, like, me and Kat have been talking about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just come up to Minneapolis and we'll do something together. Hasn't worked out yet. Um, like, uh, Starcrawler, I would love to write a song with them. Mm-hmm. Me and Arrow have sat down and, like, started writing a song before and... I still think that will be really cool if yeah. that ever happens. I love her voice. So, like, yeah, like, Friends and stuff, and then also just people I, I super look up to, like, fucking St. Vincent. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Annie Clark. Especially because that new Sleater Kinney record. Oh, oh man. So but, good. Yeah, she's she's one of the big ones for me. What about you, Ping? Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's this one girl that I've been thinking of recently, like, like, I am way more timid whenever it comes to collaborating. Like, I always love it whenever we get there, but I just, like, get so nervous. So, like, I don't really have a list. But it's, like, funny because I just mentioned this to someone recently. Like, there's this band La 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 mm-hmm. from mm, Chicago, so and I'd good. love to work with her because she just, like, she has some of my favorite melodies, like, really interesting song structures. Really good. I I have, like, two big bucket list goals, too. Like... I really want to write or be on a good country song mm. slash folk song. Mm-hmm. Like a good one because there is good country. Not 80s country, not 90s country. Definitely not like country from 2000s to now. But there's really good country. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like. And so I, I want to do that. And I want to be on a, a good uh, rap song really badly. Mm. Both of those are like dreams Rapping? of mine. No, like like singing the hook. Cool. Like really badly. That's like been a goal of mine for a while. Um and then another one that I just think would be really cool, and I don't know if it would ever happen because I am such a nerd around these two guys every time I meet them, but Alan and Mike from Perfume Genius. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They, like, <laughs> follow us back on Twitter, and they make me so giddy. And we used to live in Tacoma, and they lived in—well, we, we still live in Tacoma. They used to live in Tacoma, and we'd see them at, like, a coffee shop. And, like, I would just be like, oh, my God, I just saw you walking out of a coffee shop. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, yeah, no. You could stalk them all the way to a studio and do a song, maybe. They're songwriting. (laughs) You know, they're one of those artists that, like, their records change so much from album to album. Mm -hmm. And that's something I I deeply admire. And that's why I think it would be so cool to try something with with them. (laughs) That didn't even cross my mind because it's just, like, it's just, like, way up there. And my mind is just, like, No, they're legends. (laughs) They're legends, yeah. Outside of music, do you have bucket list goals? Do you have ideas for like other careers you might have in your lives? Because you've done so much in 10 years with Skate Polly and I hope that that will continue for many, many um, more years. Or is it all consuming? I mean, I, I think we both want to like 
continue doing skating poly forever. But yeah. I mean, there are things that we would like to accomplish outside of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Like a garden. We uh, want a really good garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to house train my dog really well. <laughs> no. no, I mean, yeah, I do have goals. I I also dabble in, like, acting. Um, Peyton's, like, wants to be a PI, kind of. Oh, wow. Kind of. Not really. That was a short-lived thing. Okay, okay. I didn't no, know. Um, How did you practice for that? Well, <laughs> I work at my mom's law firm at home. Mm-hmm. And one night, they're like, you want to go out on a, on a stakeout with the PI we were hiring? Yeah. And just, like, help him out? I'm like, yes. This Duh. Disclaimer, we are huge Veronica yeah. Mars fans. Uh, we have seen that whole oh series, like, ten times. <laughs> so, anyway. um... <laughs> After that, and then my mom was like, my mom and her dad were like, yeah, if you got your PI license, like, we could, like, potentially pay you a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, because the dude, <laughs> the dude that was the real PI, he was, like, charging, like, $500 an hour. Whoa. And I, like, obviously, I wouldn't do that, but, like, <laughs> a lot more. I was like, okay, I'm going to work on it, but it's just, like, it would be cool. I would feel like a badass. Yeah. But they're just, like, other more important what things. What about photography I feel like. for you? You're so good at it. Uh, something I really, really want to do. I want to somehow like get into something like like some sort of nonprofit like the ACLU maybe or just something Me like too. that. I would love to work with them and just do everything I can to help as many people as I can. Yeah. yeah well, that's too. an interesting thing about being a musician with a platform, on, especially online. Are you conscious of that and do you do things to use that platform to help other people? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean... Do you think that's a responsibility of songwriters these days, considering we have these audiences? I think if they want it to be, it is, but I don't think it has to be. Yeah. Do you mean like in a political way or do you just in mean... In any way, really. I think, I don't know, I kind of have, I go back and forth on this. Like, I don't think it should be any artist, even a really liberal artist. Sometimes I feel like this and then sometimes I feel so wildly different, but I kind of feel like it shouldn't be... Especially because we're women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it shouldn't be on us to constantly have to make feminist stands or, like, yeah. all of our songs have to be, like, a feminist message. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we should be able to write a song that's, like, about hating another girl's fucking guts. Like, <laughs> of course. Because that's just human. And if guys can write a song about, like, partying and fucking, like, why, you know, like, why can't we? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel, like, partially. Um and I, like also just like I don't think like minorities or 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 people who are like the victim of like misogyny and stuff should always have to be the like voice of that. But mm-hmm. I I like to. I I do. <laughs> yeah. I think um I think really when it comes down to it, it's just everyone's responsibility to just be a good, nice person. And you don't have it's not your responsibility to take like to like like for instance to just make sure everyone's happy all the time. Like at shows, like we get a bunch of like fans and and they're really like pushy. Like we want a photo. Like I'll be like, my arms are loaded with stuff as I'm looking. Like, can you sign this for me? I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Pain, pain, pain. Can you sign this? But oh pain, can you sign this? And I'm just like, and my that's not my responsi- responsibility to make them like happy and not like hurt their feelings. But mm-hmm. it is my responsibility and everyone's just to not be a dick. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's that's the other line. It's like social media has really blurred this line of fans want immediate feedback for being a fan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's, I think that's completely ridiculous. Yeah. And when they come to your shows, and maybe it's because we've made ourselves too accessible. Like, honestly, and I've met some really great fans and I've had really great connections with fans. So, like, I say this from a place of also just having this relationship abused constantly. Like, they think that because you've taken a photo with them once, that they can just come put their arm around you, put their head on your shoulder and take a photo without asking. Yeah. Or just take a photo of you while you're talking to someone else. Yeah. And, like... Stuff like that's just not cool or, or grab you and say, ah, Kelly, or I don't know, or call you in a comment, say something really sexual and weird about you. And then when someone calls them out, say, oh, no, I'm like their fun uncle. Don't worry about no, it. Like, I think you're not my family yeah. at all. You've seen me play twice. It's, <laughs> it's also their responsibility to not be gross. And once they're like that, then I have no more responsibility to, like, make sure that they're content. Yeah, I, I think women have to I – mean, me and Peyton have been listening to Crime Junkie so much. It's this great podcast. And one of the things that they always say that I try to keep in mind and also yeah. my therapist said is, like, you can't be scared of being rude. Mm-hmm. Like, be appreciative, be respectful, be polite. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you feel unsafe, it's better to err on the side of rude. Yeah. And even if you make an ass of yourself and even if you lose a fan for it and even if you completely misread the situation, like, it's better to be safe. Yeah. And there are situations that we have been in that have been unsafe. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we've, you know, we usually have, like, people with our backs, you know, like, around us. But sometimes the people who I think have our back are being really manipulative and creepy and abusing that power. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a really unregulated thing to do playing music isn't it because yeah. we turn up at venues and and th- there aren't rules it's not like going to a workplace where there's things that can't be done you know it's it's yeah it can be really confusing I mean I um we played a show in Cardiff last night I decided not to go and do much afterwards because there was nowhere to stand behind and it, it was like a corridor kind of going out I just thought for the sake of earning 10 quid, I'm just going to not bother because I don't want someone's sweaty hand on me, basically. We did the same thing and it was like, all I got was sweaty hands. Like we sold a couple of things and I did meet some appreciative fans. Yeah. But like instantly, I think because also, because we did like the hallway, like, hey, we're just selling merch real quick. Like, yeah, people were not very... People were drunk too, but like they weren't being respectful of space. And like you can be happy and excited and like I'm really enthusiastic and friendly until you cross a line with me. Yeah. And then I'm going to like I'm going to call you out about it, you know, like. Yeah. And and I might I might teasingly call you out about it first. Mm -hmm. Like you're kind of being a dick right now. We can laugh this off if you stop. Yeah. But then if you take it, if you keep doing it, I will not smile for your fucking photo. Yeah. I am going to keep flipping off the camera or I'm going to say, <laughs> nope, no more photos. Gotta go. No amount of fan enthusiasm means it's okay to grab someone by the waist. Ugh. I, Ugh. It, makes, it turns my stomach I get queasy. I get the yeah. heebie-jeebies. Ugh. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean about... Um, that kind of feeling that we need to be there to make, you say to make them content and like have a good time. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately we're not waitresses in a restaurant yeah. that have to take whatever is given to us. Either yeah. it's a choice to go out and stand and meet people after shows. I love doing it, but it's my choice. It's not part of the ticket price. No, it's not. Exactly. Yeah. And no, the photo isn't part of the ticket price and the grabbing of the waist is definitely not, not part, part of the, of the ticket, ticket price. price. So yeah. It could and be. Like, and like, <laughs> we should charge a little I, uh, more, I think. Yeah, no, no. You can like, you, the different level, level of tickets. <laughs> I try oh, to make God. sure we make the time to That's like sign. dark road, Peyton. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it. I try to make the time to like sign people's stuff and like quickly meet everybody and stuff. But yeah, like, you know, 
people will monopolize your time. Like people will kind of take advantage of that. And that's always a shame. Yeah. And then people are like, you gave me a really dirty look. And I was just like, and, I'm, and blah, blah, you know, and then they leave some crappy comment about it. I'm just like, okay, sorry, dude. If you're that offended that I thought you were creepy <laughs> and now you don't like my band anymore. Guess you didn't no. like my band that much in the first no. place. My favorite comments are like, <laughs> like we did something and they didn't like it. So now they just can't support us anymore. I'm like, that's probably for the best, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Do you feel like you know your audience? Do you feel like there's a particular kind of character of person who would like Skate Poly? There's n- we have there's a so, huge variety. Yes, it's that's such a good. variety. My favorite my favorite type of audience is one that's like full of young people and women and just like just like people having a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kate Nash fans yeah. are oh, some yes. of my favorite. There's a few big things we've done in like the course of Skating Poly, right? That like are where our fan bases come from. And I would say it's like the Babes in Toyland tour, mm-hmm. the Kate Nash tour, the X tour. I would say like those make up the majority it's of It's a great yeah. mix as well. And it is. It's really diverse and it's really cool. And it's funny too because like I think they all like, they all have their preference of like which side of us they like more. But you know, like they, they know we're skating poly and they know we're going to do it all. <laughs> like and they, that just comes with the package. Like we could be really poppy or we could be really screamy. Like yeah. Sometimes um, in the same song. That's why I love. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, and, and Deerhoof too. Oh, and yeah. that's one that I love because that's like such a, that means so much to me when people, because their music is so weird and outside the box and it's these really catchy, like power rock songs that just make all the most unconventional choices. And I, I really identify with that. And I've learned so much from, from touring with Deerhoof that, yeah, like, I don't know. It's kind of funny. To he- I, I like to ask, well, how do you know our music? And mm-hmm. and you can kind of always tell, like, what kind of, like, fan they are based on that. We have a lot of fans who have told me that, like, you know, our music's gotten them through really rough stuff and emotional stuff. And we have fans that have told us that it's made them, like, start their own creative project. Like, like not even just music, but, like, mm-hmm. art and podcasts or, like, put themselves out there and, like... That's so cool. Yeah. That's the biggest thing you could ever hope for. Yeah. Um, someone told me last night that their mom got them a fake ID <gasps> to come to our London show. Or That's the so other cool. night. Yeah, they were like, I got a fake ID just to come to this show. That's such a cool mom. That's <laughs> such a cool mom. Those beautiful tippy-tappy tones mean that this is the part of the podcast where I just stop for a moment to say a massive thank you to the Correspondence Club for powering everything I'm doing in 2020. Thank you so much. I decided to set up my own handmade membership site this year to offer free and paid tiers to people who want to join me on my creative adventures. And it's been so much fun getting to know everyone better over the past three months. Subscribers get music, secret podcast episodes and podcast extras, quarterly zines, membership to my friendly forum and access to my monthly Penfriend TV streamed shows. The next one is this Friday and it only costs £2 to attend. Plus you get a bunch of other member perks. Head to penfriend.rocks forward slash join to browse all the options. Thanks. Now back to my conversation with Kelly and Peyton. If anyone was to look at your social media feeds, I think they might get the impression like I did that you're just touring all the time, which may or may not be true. But I was wondering, how do you balance that with 
other parts of your life how do you stay sane and healthy on tour or do you <laughs> do you uh, have uh, and, and obviously you're such a good unit together yeah. how does that all work we're getting better at you know the sane and healthy part on tour <laughs> I mean sane at least yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, like we say with colds we both yeah um, <laughs> it, it can, it's like a process to like learn how to like like make sure that you're getting your the stuff you need on tour yeah um something that we've just kind of started realizing is you need space sometimes you need your alone time yeah <laughs> and it's like even if it's just like putting your earbuds in, in the van and listening to music for a bit or yeah. writing in your journal and just tuning everything out or going on a walk you just need to be away from everything for a little bit yeah. I started doing therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Not because of touring and stuff, but this is such an important thing to me. And we are literally all three around each other so much. And people ask, what's it like to be a sibling in a band? And I, I make jokes about it all the time because, like, that's way easier than, like, explaining the fullness of it. It can be challenging, of course, because yeah. we live together and we're best friends. We totally know all of each other's buttons. Like, really small, stupid things like Taco Bell arguments can seem like the end of the fucking world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I really appreciate and I—, I don't want to lose. And I realized, like, man, instead of thinking, like, oh, I wish, like, everyone would just do this and we could just operate like this. Like, I need to, like, look at how I'm acting. And and so I, like, started, since I've, like, started going to therapy, I've really started, like, rating myself on tour. Like, how well I've been dealing with disaster, how well I've been dealing with bad shows. And not only have I just been, like, much happier, but everyone has. We've been getting along yeah. so much better. We, like, make time to do fun things. I'm not, like, such a nervous wreck. That was another yeah. thing. I used to think that in order to take something seriously or give a shit, you had to, like, torture yourself with being stressed about it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, this is going to go fucking terribly. I can't enjoy this. No, I can't talk to anyone right now. I can come say hi for a second, but I'm back to the green room. And, God, I should probably go drink more water. And I still yeah. get nervous. But you don't <laughs> have to. you don't have to punish yourself to yeah. prove that you give a shit. Like, no, just you know, give it your best and just breathe. And yeah, and yeah uh, when we're not on the road, skating poly is very all-encompassing. I would say even my acting stuff, I kind of look at it like, man, if I ever get in a role, like people are like, hopefully will look me up and like find our music. Because that's, <laughs> you know, like acting is so personal in one way, but then your music is like you're telling stories. Mm -hmm. So it's even like, you know, it's just different. Um, and so that almost feels like an extension of my music. And the more I connect act acting to my music, the more it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's very all-encompassing. Like when we're home, mm -hmm. we're usually like writing songs or going off on some trip to make a music video or designing merch or <laughs> recording an album. Working on posters. Flying yeah. somewhere, yeah. So you're talking about having space on tour. Do you ever talk about that amongst you about having space when you're home? So like maybe don't bother me about the band uh, today. I'm having some time off or do you, do you do that? Oh, uh, I mean, well, like, yeah, we can like get away from each other, like go to that, our bedroom. In a nice way. That's actually course. one of the things that's hard being yeah. siblings is because we have 24 like, hour access to each yeah. other. Yeah. And it's like being in a band with your siblings, like everyone asks, it's like, it's like being in a band, except you're with them all the time instead of just band time. <laughs> yes. I think people already feel like that's such a... I think every musician probably who, who's doing it, you know, like like full-time or whatever, like 
feels like that is a 24-hour profession. Even if oh, they yeah. have another job, it's a 24-hour profession. Yeah, it's like, always in your mind. You can't even sleep without, like, sometimes mm-hmm. just, like, trying to, like, decode a song you started working on mm-hmm. earlier. And um, so, yeah, like, having your bandmates right next door, like, um, like not even next door, but, like, you know, the the door the <laughs> down the hall. Well, like, imagine dinner time sometimes would just be a constant skating poly band meeting. Oh, totally. Oh, no. <laughs> I, we don't. Really? Not that that would be bad. Well, if your dad's but, around... It, like he, that's all he wants to talk about. He, like, yeah, he, yeah. Our parents love to be caught up on skating polynews, but, but we they, love to make dinner together, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that's dinner time. Okay, that's good. How important has the internet been to skating poly's success? For music videos, it's been really, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, Nearly about most, I would say more than half the people that we ask, like, how did you find our music? It was like a music video, YouTube. Like oh. it was suggested on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I think that has kind of been our secret weapon. Like, it's another way that, like, I think acting really ties in with the music and stuff. Like, I've I always wanted to do music videos. Music videos were like such a cool part of my childhood. Like, I I was such a music video junkie when, as a child. Like, just watching them all day with Curtis. Um, so we make a bunch. We have over thirty right now, mm. and uh, we're constantly making them. And then whenever we just finish one and like spend all of our money on it we, and like the, the second we get more money it's like oh we should make another music video spend all of our money again <laughs> but <laughs> it works done... working for you though right yeah, yeah it is yeah. Um, some people think it's silly like we had this one guy who we no longer work with who was like <laughs> totally judging us for that like uh, your music videos don't even make any sense and like that's enough now you can slow down and I was just like I didn't know music videos cool, had to bro. make sense <laughs> yeah so, cool so I didn't know someone said that to you I mean most of our vid- videos have been very low budget and DIY hmm. and even the ones that are on a slightly bigger budget are still very low budget compared to music video budgets like the oh, biggest yeah, budget ridiculous. we had I was like yay we finally have <laughs> Twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, totally. That was the biggest budget. I think mine's like, fifteen hundred. So, yeah, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> we have this much money, and then like it was for Playhouse, and like Scott well, was that like, looks amazing. Ooh, uh, can we get a little bit more? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and I yeah. understood because we're using like an actual studio and yeah. an actual crew. We're not just like, you know, like breaking into a junkyard and filming a bunch of stuff or. For the album, Big, The Big Fit, like so many of the music videos are kind of like shot in our house <laughs> and around Tacoma. And I love that. I love that yeah. they're kind of connected in this way. Yeah. Well, I was trying to work out the other day if it's more, if it's easier and quicker to spend money um, filling up a petrol tank or doing a music video. I think it's about the same. <laughs> they're the two things that cost the most. Yeah. And one's more fun than the other one. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a music filling video. up petrol tank. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's worth it. I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's like part of the art, like. I, I it's it's like putting out albums for us. Yeah. So I just feel like it is essential and even if you're not getting direct money out of it, that's how you're reaching people and like connecting with people. So yeah. it's completely worth it. Other aspects of social media, the internet, I do not feel good at. Mm-mm. I have <clears throat> I never felt good at it. I felt awkward. Like Kurt I think can be really funny and clever on social media stuff. So I'm like, yes, go for it, go for it. And like it helps when we get good photographers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy. And everyone I know and I talk to about this feels the same way. Like even my friends who I think are just 
brilliant on social media and make me insecure about my own social media are really insecure and it consumes all their time and they think about it too much and Mm -hmm. they compare themselves to others and you have this direct fucking number telling you like (laughs) how good you are at this thing you just did how good that photo is how how well your writing was for this these three sentences on that post you know like yeah I don't know. I, I hate it. It drives me crazy. I never, I always feel like, oh, but we're not doing this like a real band. We're just like pretending to be a real band. That's how I always <laughs> oh feel. Um, well, so, that's so interesting to hear. I've been reading a lot about um, social media this year because it's something I've been involved in for a really long time. I've been on Twitter since 2007, daily, you know. There's a book called Digital Minimalism, which I've been reading, which Mm -hmm. is really good because it's kind of saying it explains about how um, all of these companies hire attention engineers. And the idea is to make all your phones just um, just super, super addictive. So every single service is designed. So notification numbers and the little alarm thing on Facebook and stuff, it's designed to make you constantly want to check it. So that made me really want to take a step back because there's someone manipulating me to do that. And of course, it's super powerful for us as artists to use that stuff because... I didn't tweet for like six weeks or something and I didn't sell anything from my online shop. Yeah. So And then I started tweeting again and then I did. And so there's a direct relationship and it's not wasting time using it as, as an artist at all. Yeah. But there has to be a balance, I think. And I, th- I think it's good that people are talking about it amongst themselves and admitting that they sort of hate it, hate aspects of it, of course. And like finding their own boundaries. Like yeah. I have my like yeah. a freaking... And I'm always hitting, like, remind me in 15 minutes. But I have those, like, uh, oh, me too. those little, like, your social media time is up for the day. Set on my That's iPhone good. so it, like, no, turns but off. It, the- you can remind me in 15 minutes. <laughs> and you just do always it in 15-minute increments. Also, one of the things I love about touring over here and touring in general, because right now we have the shittiest cell phone company, T-Mobile. So <laughs> we never have data. So I can't do that on the road. Uh, yeah. So good. I've been, like, way more focused on just, like, yeah, like drowning out to like music mm-hmm. in the car, which is really nice, or in conversations, or just journaling. Mm-hmm. And gratitude journaling specifically is so much better than social media. Like, I feel like it's like the same endorphins rush almost, like, because you're logging this great thing you did. Yeah. And this great moment you had, only like, you don't even have to post a photo of yourself. It's so nice. <laughs> and no one else ever has to see it or rate it. Yeah. Unless you have someone crazy who reads your journals. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, yeah, the posting is not the issue. It's the checking and then it's the con- the checking again. Yeah. And it's the checking again. And I, I no longer feel like a weak-willed person because I've been reading the stuff. I know there are people who are making me do that almost. Mm. But of course, we all have personal responsibility. And I know that it's better if I read a book or it's better if I listen to music. So it's just good that... I think it's good that people are thinking about it. But it is it can be obviously incredibly powerful. And, and if you think about it in terms of marketing, it's great to have that in our control in some ways. Yeah. But then outside of controlled marketing as such, um, stuff that you are able to do, how are you finding press stuff? So um, I wanted to ask about what the most common misconceptions or annoying things that people write about skating poly the worst interview questions. And have I asked any of them today? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Um, I think like I don't like being thought of as like like a grunge revival band or a, right. I don't think anyone thinks we're a grunge revival band, but people do think of us as like this. Like people do say that in YouTube comments, which I shouldn't read YouTube comments, but they say like skating polish, bring him grunge back, and I'm like, no, 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 grunge is dead, yo. Like we're doing something else. <laughs> yeah, you're doing your own thing. Um, same with like Riot Girl. Like I just want to. 
I don't want it to seem like we are a nostalgia act trying to impersonate a different decade because we're also inspired by so many different decades besides just the 90s. So many. And so much music from right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if I was going to run my own radio station, like when my friends asked me, like, this is actually a cool question. It wasn't even an interview. We were just, like, having this conversation. She was like, if you could, like, curate your own radio station, like, what do you think your theme would be? And I was like, I think I would just do, like, indie music from, like, 2000 to, like, now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I'd like that. Like, just kind of, like, indie to ugly pop. Like, can be kind of punk, can be a little bit loud, but just, like, a little weird, like, pretty, stuff like that. Like, that's actually what I listen to the most. Mm -hmm. Babes in Toyland, like, have, like, an arrow through my heart. Like, there is something about them and the Breeders that, like, I think just makes them both like the best bands in the world in my personal opinion like the way their music hits me but then I feel some of the sometimes like that about Joni Mitchell and St. Vincent and Fiona Apple mm-hmm. so I don't I, my brain breaks apart into all these different pieces like we really do touch on so many different genres and decades that I hate to be put in a box which everyone does is there anything else is there anything else that gets written about that just you, when you read it you roll your eyes and go couldn't you focus on something else when they focus on our ages, which uh, hasn't happened as much now, but mm-hmm. it still happens. Yeah. I do get that that makes that is part of the story. Like yeah. how our songwriting came to be because we started writing these really whimsical like <laughs> stories yeah. from a very young age over two note songs. Mm-hmm. I do get that. And that's mm-hmm. how this whole minimalistic approach to our music came about. And like I don't know. It, it definitely has directly impacted our sound. Obviously. It's our story. But it's like kind of annoying because at this point. 19, 22, 24. That's pretty normal ages to be in a fucking band. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. And also five albums in. Isn't there more to talk about? I don't know. Like, why albums. can't we talk about all the work we've <laughs> yeah, done? exactly. Like, that's that's way more exciting. Yeah. I think. Uh, I um, And no one ever asks us about our lyrics, I feel like. And maybe that's because, like, it is all on our website. And I try to put it all on, on the YouTube comments for our YouTube videos because I, I realize that's where most of the people are, like, discovering our music. Yeah. But, like, I want people to read into the lyrics and ask me about the lyrics. And I get so excited when they do, even if it's the craziest misconception. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it is about more than just, like, there's a girl screaming. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. I think also, but there's, there's such a power and such a power that comes out of all three of you, especially when you play live, that I think sometimes people will, I don't know, maybe that just obliterates everything else for them. I don't know. Because I, th- I think it's all about intention. So if someone's, I mean, I, I roll my eyes at several things in, in things that describe me. I hate being called a singer-songwriter. I fucking hate that. I don't know why. There's nothing wrong with it. I really hate it. Songstress. Or, songstress, yeah. <laughs> just, but that just kind of ruins the whole rest of it for me. But I understand that the intention of it is more important. So if they're saying we love this thing, but they've kind of used some of the wrong words, I just have to like let it go. Yeah. It's going to seem cheesy now if I ask you about lyrics because it's like I forgot. But I promise you in this scrawl of uh, planning here that you chose not to read because it was like a doctor's writing. There was stuff about um, the different kinds of songs that you write. So, for instance, like there's story songs. There might be a song that's all about a mood, that kind of stuff. The music I write, there's three different kinds of sorts of songs I write, sort of. I feel like you already broke it down into the same kind of ways my brain works. Oh, really? Yeah. So how do you think about it? I will definitely like, I have a like, like falls out of my mouth, falls out of my head, only I can see it story mm-hmm. kind of songwriting that I do. Yeah. But that was mostly on our earlier records. I don't do that as much anymore, mm-hmm. unless it's a metaphor. I yeah. only do that for metaphors now. Um, 
and then I have like a mood. Yeah. Like sometimes I can just feel this thing and sometimes that comes out in like the voice of a character uh, or sometimes that comes out like I'm feeling oppressed because so-and-so did this thing and then I start thinking and then one time so-and-so did this thing and then one time so-and-so did this thing and this happened to my friend a long time ago and I kind of just like all the energy from that mood comes into this one thing or like all the love from any crush I've ever had comes into this (laughs) one song and also like it's kind of bad because like I've, I've written two love songs that I really like. I'm really proud of. And a Little Late's kind of a love song in a way. But like Protective Boy and Flower on Strings. And every time I fall in love, I just feel like the person I love is like, oh shit, I wrote this about them. <laughs> this was meant for them. <laughs> this is your song, baby. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I have like just really personal kind of direct stories where I try to get my point across. And uh, with I don't I don't like to be too straight with my lyrics. Like I do like symbolism still, mm-hmm. but you know I, I think it's it's more clear what the actual message of the song is. And I have those two. Yeah. How about you, Peyton? Most of my songs, like recently at least, have just been pretty. I feel like just pretty straightforward with how I'm feeling. They're very like specific to a person or situation or. Or feeling that I've had it I don't really write in stories like mm-hmm. Kelly does but then Kelly comes along and like we work on my lyrics together and they turn more into stories than like how they originally were but they're mm-hmm. still just very much just specific to like just very straightforward yeah <laughs> I think I think you actually use really interesting imagery and I don't think you're like always like I don't know, aware of how brilliant it is and how many levels it works on. Peyton, like, I don't know, like, it blows me away sometimes. And and when we, like, all got together and we finished Don't Leave Me Gravity, Long Ride, and Free Will at Ease, like, all the ones on the last record that you sing, those were my favorite songs, my favorite lyrics. Like, because to me, I mean, to you, they had a personal story. But to me, they also, like, told this personal story. Even though it was, like, your song and, like, your memory. And I'm... I don't know. I'm assuming Kurt felt the same way. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was really cool. <laughs> I love your band. Thank so you. Cool. We love <laughs> your band. Well, thank you very much. Right, we're coming to the end of our time because we've got to do a sound check in a minute, but I want to talk to you about... Dogs. There, that will happen in a minute. Oh. So, <laughs> if you could say one thing you're most proud of creating so far in your lives, it doesn't have to be skating Polly, but maybe mm. it is. What's the, what's the thing you're most proud of creating so far? The, our last record. Yeah. Our, our, our last record. Okay. For real. Um, yeah. I, I, we've had some shows that were like, yeah, like greatest shows of my life type of situations. Like our first show with Babes in Toyland. Um, our first show with Kate Nash. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we've had things like that, which kind of feel like creating because like, you know, a live show is like you're doing like a different version of each song. My pilot that I got to do, mm-hmm. one of the proudest things, yeah, ever. Our music video for A Little Late. And our music video for Little Girl Blue, two of my favorite things we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, the the album artwork we've been doing. I mean, mm-hmm. the album artwork for Big Fit. Uh, I, I love all of it. We always have a big hand in it, of course. But like Big Fit, we got to collaborate with this artist CatCon from Greece, and like it was all themed about like body image and stuff, and like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I drew the like hanger body mannequin thing and. And I wrote this like poem on the inside, and I don't think anyone ever even looks at that poem. But I'm I'm really proud of that record. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
Well, they will now. Cool. <laughs> um, what are the top three Skating Polly songs that people could listen to if they've never heard you before? You give three. Of them okay, three. let me think. If that's okay. Yeah. I would say, um, I would say Little Girl Blue and The Battle Envy. Um, I would say, They're Cheap. And I would say Long Ride. Okay, I'm going to go older then. Okay. okay. I chose only this record. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> I should have given more diversity. Alabama Movies, A Little Late, and Blue Obvious. All right. Wow. I'm going to make a playlist with all these songs on. <laughs> Who else are you listening to at the moment? Uh, Who you would recommend? Claro, the song Bags, oh, yeah. over and over again. <laughs> That's a tour to song. It every single day. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Frick, what else have I been listening to? Anytime someone asks me this question, I'm we like, already what mentioned is music? everyone that I am. What is la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Ridger's White Reaper. Uh, uh, Starcrawler. Oh, yeah. I love their Starcrawler. I'm so happy. Arrow's <laughs> voice. Oh, my God. It gives me chills how good it is. Well, we were in a band together for almost a week, and I heard only brilliant things from your playlist. So <laughs> oh. I'm going to have to get you to curate one for us. That'd be really cool. All right. Um, who would you like to hear on this podcast in the future? I think it'd be really cool if you got Shirley. I think you and Shirley are pretty kindred spirits. That's amazing. Kate would also be really good on this. Uh, I think she'd really love it. Uh, Anyone from Babes in Toyland. Perfume genius. Mm -hmm. Perfume genius. He's a great, he gives great interviews. Yeah. Uh, I'll work on it. (laughs) Get Liz Fair. Get Liz Fair. I've been so obsessed with her new song too. I'm so excited for her new record. And what is your next adventure? Uh, Because you're finishing a tour. Today. Uh, next adventure, going What's home. Next? Playing our 10th anniversary 10th show. 10th anniversary show. all these old songs are 10th And then we are show. driving down for a couple shows. With Starcrawler. With Starcrawler. And um, then we're going to write an album again. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> cool. I'm pleased to hear it. All right. But really what I'm here to talk to you about is dogs. Dogs are so cute. Your dogs are so cute. They're amazing. My your dog. dogs are amazing. Tell me about your dogs. How did you get your dogs? How much do you love your dogs? Uh, My dog has an Instagram, at Patsy, P A T S Y. <laughs> P-O-L-L-Y, the pervert, T-H-E-P-E-R-V-E-R-T. My dog is perverted, but Peyton's dog is way more perverted. My dog's (laughs) name is Georgie Butt. Well, her name is Georgie. Her Instagram name is Georgie Butt. Like butt the body part, not butt the conjunction. We don't care about social media or being influencers, but we really need our dogs to be influencers. I want my dog to be insta-famous. I want to What's take her to all the like the dog conventions where people come and pay lots of money to meet the dogs. <laughs> that's that's actually my big hope and dream is to have famous dogs. Yeah, you take your dogs to festivals in the states, don't you? I, I took it to Riot that's Fest, so and everybody loved her, even though she was the biggest bitch, pun intended. <laughs> I like she she. I she mean, she's loads really of famous young. people as well. I have she she met that. Kathleen Hanna, and that's she got so to say awesome. hi to her and stuff. I met her a long time ago, and she's talked to us on Twitter and stuff. But I didn't get to meet her at Riot Fest or say hi or anything. And she met my dog. And I was like, well, oh that's God. pretty cool, though. I can't complain. I know. And the first thing I asked, was, it wasn't like, can I have a photo with you? Was, can our dog take a photo with you? <laughs> Kathleen Hannah follows me on Twitter. And I'm just so blown yeah. away. I've never yeah. spoken to her. But just, that's, no. that just makes me happy sometimes when I know that. Right. That. Yeah, that's how I, I feel the exact Our same dogs way. are the best. I can't even like express that enough. Like <laughs> I would do anything for our tiny precious puppies. Dogs are better than boyfriends. Yeah. Like they're, they're not even compare comparable. Dogs are better than bunnies. I used to think bunnies were the shit, but <laughs> no, dogs are just better. They're dogs the best. are better than bandmates. It's true. Ooh. It's true. We love our I dogs mean, more than our. We love each other. 
But we love our dogs more than yeah. each other. And yeah. ourselves. Like I would I would <laughs> yeah. die any day for my dog. It goes like Georgie and Patsy, Kelly and all of our other siblings, and me. <laughs> Sorry, parents. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> They're up there too. Family, family. <laughs> Right, we think we're going to be kicked out in a minute. So I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to say thank you so much for doing the podcast. It's so exciting. Right, and I get to see you play for the 14th time tonight, which is making me very happy. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you very much. Thank you for doing this tour with us. Thank you for asking me. Aren't they great? I hope you're ready to go on a musical adventure now because I've made a special page for the deluxe show notes for this episode with links to everything we discussed as well as just a few of Skating Polly's incredible array of music videos. Visit penfriend.rocks forward slash skatingpolly to find out more. Thank you again for listening today. I really appreciate your time and of course, your attention. Next week, I'll be sharing my conversation with Welsh-born, New York City-living singer, songwriter, producer, DJ and solo artist, Bright Light, Bright Light. Until then, stay safe, take care and wear a mask. Lots of love. Skating Polly, <laughs> I love your song so much. Oh, Loud and Out of Space. Peyton, your voice is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>